is 420, and you know what that means, everybody. It's time to smoke some peens in a pod. Two of them, to be exact. The Idowin special, as we call it. So, playoffs. Round one start today. We're going to discuss that. We're also going to get into just a little recap of the season. Try to remember our predictions from before the season started with no, you know, help there. Because, Um, heaven forbid, we actually prepare for a pod. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, The Peen in the Pod podcast gets um, recorded as I drive into work. And Brian drives up to Massachusetts. So it's it's spur of the moment. It happens. When it collides, it's beautiful. It's just natural. Natural peen meeting peen in a pod together. Perfect. Sorry, Edwin, that you can't be part of it. So let's just start off talking about, well, I guess we'll start with the East. Um on the top of the HTML page. In terms of our predictions, I think for the most part, we were pretty accurate. I mean, we knew the Nets were going to run away from run we, away. Yeah, we it. knew the Nets would win their division, but winning sixty—that's impressive. Like that's a, and especially winning nineteen in a row to do it. So congrats on that, Rick. Um, like that's a legitimate four seed. Now it's not like oh the Atlantic four seed. And maybe we'll have a four seed beat the five seed in the East for like the first time in forever. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest surprise is probably that, you know, the Pistons hard charged and won, you know, the Central and got the one seed. I guess Giannis listened and responded to the, the challenge that it was time to like put up or shut up. You laid down the hammer in our, and, pre, in our preseason yeah. pod. And, and he picked it up and slammed me across the face with it. Yes, he did. I was 0-4 against him on the season. You know, that's a, a big reason why I'm sitting at the two seed. In a very important year to get the one seed, because now me and Brian are going to have to face off in the second round um, while, you know, the, the Pistons get to avoid either of us until conference finals. But... Maybe another huge surprise here, the team the Pistons round one just so happens to be led by the best player in the league, Chuck D. Chuck D. Yeah, no, and that's going to be a fun little matchup. That the, the, the Pacers fell to eight. I know there were some injuries, uh, Chuck Dean injury. I think he missed like one and a half sims almost, and – that almost looked like it was going to be a death sentence for Shane. But then he came back, won 12 in a row, got himself looking like he was like, I think he was like a half game out of the five seed almost at one point. And then I guess the last sim was rough and he fell all the way down to the eighth. He was tied with the Cavs, but I guess Cavs had the head-to-head. Um but, yeah, that's a spicy 1-8 matchup. Probably the best 1-8 matchup we've had in a very long time. I would say that this year in general are certainly the two best 1-8 matchups maybe we've ever seen as far as, like, an actual chance of both eight seeds having some chance at one. I'm not saying right. that they're favored by any means or anything like that, but having even a, a fighter's shot at at pulling off the upset. 
I will get more into the playoffs, but let's continue a little bit with the surprises and stuff. So Hornets, I think, were a good surprise too, being the five seed. They looked at one point. I think MPI had them winning almost sixty games, and then I think they had a rough last two sims. But the team was way better than anticipated at the beginning of the season, especially with you know trading Smotis to kind of extend that window out one more year. We're like one year further. All right, I'll tee it. I'll tee it up for you, Max. <laughs> the team that was on pace to win sixty and looked like a lock to make the playoffs and started the year strong against a pretty tough schedule to start the year just had the bottom fall out. Max, go ahead. Is it getting hot in here? Is that what it is? It's getting hot in here. Is Will Smith going to come on the radio and start blasting some Miami? <laughs> yeah, um, Alex was proving me, like, wrong at the, you know, first half of the season. When his team was looking really good, like you said, against good competition. He didn't change anything, I don't think. I mean, he didn't make any trades or anything. Veto. Well, yeah, he, he did the veto trade before the season started, which was, you know, definitely altered my, you know, the predictions we had. But, again, he didn't change anything midseason for the team to just kind of collapse. And I remember when, you know, because me and him made a bet of 250 TBD that he would win 60 games. Um, you know, he was on pace to kind of get close and looking at his schedule because he went through it. He only had like five or six games that were against teams that were currently ahead of him in MPI. But he had the, you know, he fell victim to what I like to call the Bryant, where you just start losing to bad teams at home. Um, It's it's unexplainable, but it just happens. And so, yeah, the bottom just completely fell out. He misses the playoffs, I want to say, by a game or two. And, yeah, I mean – you look at the teams ahead of him, and the Pacers and the Cavs are both supposed to be better than him. I guess the biggest one would be the Magic, that they had, you know, that good of a year after trading Vito in a year where he had his own pick. So, you know, there were thoughts that maybe he would, like, soft tank, and he soft tanked his way to the sixth seed. <laughs> So, yeah, just a, a, and I think it's just a, it was an interesting build to get go from the heat. Um, so we'll see how Alex completely changes. I think he's already traded Vito back to Fendi in the offseason. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and he's getting Spunky back because I guess Spunky is the missing piece. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, I don't think the East was too shocking or disappointing. I, the Heat are definitely the biggest disappointment, and I would say the Pistons have to be the biggest surprise. They were going to be good. I thought they would be a top-four seed, possibly. I told him he better be. I just didn't think that he would steal the division from me. Yeah, that was impressive. I, I would agree with all of that analysis. The rest of the, the only, I think, discussion, really, if I remember correctly, before the season was was for the kind of the bottom of that of the East playoffs, and it was it was the Heat, it was um, the Hornets, the Magic, and the Bucks. Yeah, I um, think if Campbell would have played 
point guard this season, we might have had a Chuck Deanless playoff. Yeah, certainly possible. Which would have been crazy. Because I want to say the Bucks only missed the playoffs by like less than five games. And you have arguably the best talent in the league sitting at the position that means the least. Right. Um, but yeah, so we'll switch over to the West now. The one seed Clippers. Um, that is probably one of the bigger surprises we had all season was that I remember talking before the year I think we both had him either five or six. Yeah, something like that. Sounds good. Um, probably because one of the biggest, I don't know if you can say disappointment, but at least one of the bigger surprises is the team he's going to face in the first round with the Grizzlies having a sub um, or a second and finishing in the eight people to add them in the top three. Yeah, I mean, it was, we both had him in the top three. It was certainly one of those we ha- like we felt obligated to keep them there until they prove us wrong type of a, yeah. type of a deal. And so we all knew that this season was coming eventually. It was so hard to know when. I mean, you've been thinking that this season has been coming for four years now or something. Right. right. Um, and... But now, yeah, it, it finally came, and it came with a fury for, for Adam. And I don't even know if we could classify it necessarily as a disappointment, as there is a hope. I hope that grandma doesn't get hit on the highway. There's just a little grandma crossing the street right now. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Right by the entrance to 95. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think you can classify it as a disappointment because it was anticipated, kind of, and expected. And it's not so much a disappointment as it was just shocking that it hit so hard. That it, he went from the one seed in six games in the final to the eighth seed at a negative margin with basically the same team. I know... The core pieces changed, and he brought in Aiden and Okoro as those, you know, kind of low-risk, high-reward type of moves. They weren't high-reward. Um, <laughs> no. And so, yeah, but I don't think I'd classify the Grizzlies as a disappointment. I think, honestly, you could be considered a disappointment. Uh, um, certainly based on what... I thought you were the, yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to be the definitive one seed this season. Um, and I barely and I don't scratched know, out 50 wins. I don't know why you struggled as much as you did. Um, my only thought would be your lack of, like, you know, really good big men. But I just thought Ricky and Curtis were going to be great. I guess Ricky had a, you know, a down offensive from what he's been doing. Maybe he doesn't love being, you know, one of the go-to guys. Yeah. It's hard. Maybe I, he just I, needs I a cat to retire to get out of his mind. <laughs> that's, well, that's definitely true. Yeah, but I yeah, so I would definitely say you're, uh, you're up there in disappointment because, again, in the, in the West, there were only really eight teams trying. The Blazers were, like, trying, but they just started too late in the process. Um, so there was only really eight teams trying, so it's not like anybody was trying and missed. 
you know, to be considered a disappointment, I would say, yeah, I would say you being the five seed. And then I guess the other big one would be the Nuggets. The Nuggets, you know, were, you know, talked to be the one seed. And when I was doing my test sips to, you know, get the season win totals and things like that, the Nuggets far and away, I would say 80% of the time, were making the finals from the last yeah, so, the, and, like, no one else, like, on either side, you know, not even the East with, like, me or Brian or Pistons or whatever. No one else was making it more than, like, 50% of the time. But the Nuggets were, like, the definitive team to come out of the West. And I don't know, I guess Conley is, you know, what everyone has been saying he kind of has been. And maybe Hernandez got a little bit weaker. But I don't know. There's just something off with that team because Watkins should be able to shoe it for 60 wins every season. Big door that I never did it with this. Yeah, they, I would certainly agree with those top two disappointments. I think those are the only ones you can really say are disappointments from the West. Because, again, I, I don't consider the Grizzlies a disappointment because it was like one of those things. This is bound to happen. Right. Adam was knew it was going to happen, was pre- prepared for it to happen, and was okay with it happening for, yep. for the last ten, for the last decade. <laughs> like I thought he might be, you know, like the first sign of weakness would be like you know fifty wins and the five or six seed before like the full bottom fell out. But it was really like, huh. And luckily for Adam, it happened this year because we could have had a stitches last playoff. Oh, right, the Blazers didn't start 4-14 four and 14 or whatever the heck they're That's another good point. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of surprises, Doc's definitely on the top of the list. He, he won 67 games with a brand-new, completely changed-up Doc special lineup that just, you know, was built very well by Doc. It meshed together, despite, I, I want to say, he started the year with bad cohesion. So to win 67 games with bad cohesion, that's impressive. Um, yeah. So Doc's definitely up there. And I don't think Mantis was a surprise. I guess you could say it was a surprise he won the division, but when it only took 51 wins to win the, the Southwest, then that's not really surprising. Well, that is surprising, but in a bad way. <laughs> right. So, and then, yeah, I guess the Thunder. I guess the Thunder would be the other obvious choice for surprise. I remember you saying there's no way they're a top four team. Um, yeah. And it's not like, I mean, yes, you have home court as a five seed against them, but it was only by one game. So it's not your typical, oh, Southwest five seed with 60-plus wins has like 10 more wins than the four seed type of thing. Right. It is still um, it is yeah. still a South Best five seed special where they do have the home court advantage. But you're right, it's not. But good for Tom. This is his first time in the playoffs, and he wins his division to boot. So I um, definitely I remember, surprised that he won it. I remember saying before the season started that um, for both of our like for these two surprises, if we're counting the Clippers and Nuggets, like both of them, I gave the exact same comment to of like I have picked them to have good seasons for like multiple times now 
and they hurt me every time. They <laughs> they come out and they disappoint like every time that I pick them to do well. And so, of course, the one year that I kind of hold sleep back on, on yeah, hold back and sleep on them both a little bit, they put it all together. So well, not, the, not, yeah, the Clippers did. Well, um, the Thunder are still much better. Oh, I thought I thought you said the Nuggets before. I thought oh, you said maybe, the Clippers and the Nuggets. Oh, maybe I did, but I meant Clipper, Clippers and Thunder. Gotcha. Yeah, and I guess you could say with the Thunder that again, if you look at the West, the West, you know, out the the Clippers and the Sonics was really bad this season, and that's with seven teams that were tanking, or six plus one teams that were tanking. Oh, yeah. The West was complete trash. This so year. the West was just so bad that it's it's odd that you have a three and a four seed with 51 and 50 wins in the West. For sure. So that kind of sums up that. Um, I don't think we need to talk about the tankers or anything like that. I'm very happy Marco got the one pick. Um, Mixed picks, like always, love the jump. Our poor third, uh, our poor third team, got quadruple jumped. Yeah, the the the, the rooster was triple jumped, and I I want to quadruple jump, right? Yeah, quad jump. I want to look at what Doc has been saying because it does seem. I want to say like the one seed or the one odds has been quad jumped now, like the past five or six seasons. That sounds now, right. Mathematically, the the one odds best chance of picking is at five. That's mathematically what their number one odds are. However, I want to know what it's like to have five, you know, six years in a row. Like, what are the odds of that? Right. Um, Tom jumped up to three from five, and he's been, I think he's been quad jumped twice in a row. Um, and then you have the Celtics, who have, who have been one of those victims of the one seed spot jump, I think, two or three times in the hell. They'll be picking for. But they've also a, they've also jumped though. I don't feel bad yeah, for the Celtics at all. This is a decent draft, I think. To you know, hey, if there's going to be a draft where you're going to pick five instead of one, this is a good draft to do it because this draft is deep. And I don't know if there's any definitive dude at the top. Like, oh, you know, like, two in next year's class. I forget the dude's name. But that guy, you know. The tall shooter. Yeah, the tall shooter. That's the prize of next year's draft. So, you know, if any year to fall from one to five, not the end of the world. Yep, agreed. So let's go to playoffs. We'll start with the West because that's how it goes in, you know, on the HML. We got the one-seeded Clippers versus the eight-seeded Grizz. And I'll start off saying that if that name was anyone but the Grizzlies, this wouldn't even be a conversation. This would be not only with Doc sweep, but with the other team would be within 10 seeds. Because this is, we're talking about a negative margin. Right. But it's cat. It's the kitty. And we it's know the cat sis. So I think this will really go a long way to Kitty's legacy. Because obviously Kitty's always gonna be compared to Guo. Rest in peace. Um Guo's biggest thing were, were the balls? Were the playoff balls. 
that he just was unreal no matter what you did to him in the playoffs. This will be that test for Kitty. Does Kitty, the female cat who's been spayed, have big balls? Or does has she just gotten so deep into Ricky Bobby's head that it made it seem like it for years? <laughs> that could be it. Um, and if I mean, Doc, I want to say doesn't have, like, an elite point guard perimeter defender. I could be wrong. And even with McCarty, like, if he decides to put McCarty on Kitty, it's not like McCarty has great perimeter defense. He's just tall and quick. Um, And it's one of those things where I'm sure Doc is so far in his own head, even though he knows exactly what Adam's going to put out there. Like, Cat is going to be tweaking. He's going to play. He's going to play 40 minutes. You know, like, you know what they're going to do. Everyone has for, like, 10 seasons. And we'll just see if the Cat can win. And I think for all of the multiple, what an I think for the Cat, it's going to be, can the Cat steal a game or two? Yeah, and, I mean... What's weird, you say you were questioning whether or not Doc has, you know, an elite um, perimeter defender to throw on the stitches or anything. That, I haven't looked Pomptification? What? Pomptification? Is that what it's called? Ah, uh, yes. Pomptification? Uh, anyway. Something like that? Yeah, anyway. The other, uh, one of the other great pods in this fantastic league. Um, but I believe that's, uh, and, I, and I do plan on listening to that, but the latest episode, just haven't had a chance yet. Um, but I do believe that one of the topics of discussion was, was defense in general and how kind of the game works it, because it is baffling to me and to Doc himself, I think, how that Clippers defense is good. Right. Um, yeah, he it, was second... And defensive efficiency, I want to say. Some, something like that. And um, and he doesn't. He doesn't have, I mean, he's got, like, he's obviously got, and, and well, it certainly goes to, it speaks to the importance of that one anchor in the middle, right? Yep, like, I was going to say that. Stupid. That is, that's why. That's, like, so, like, because he has no perimeter defense, really. Like, he, I think his best perimeter defender is a B perimeter defender. Like, I, I, the Rockets have, I think, five or six A perimeter defenders, and my defense was like tenth or something, ninth or something. In the- yeah, like to put it in perspective in terms of defensive efficiency, I know I got first, but I was only first by point two. And the crazy thing is, my starters, every single starter I have, is an A defender, including Brody and Fred being a plus defender at the post. Um, and I'm only doing two better than a defender. Right. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, I it, the Clippers should and probably will win this. So, as I was saying before you rudely interrupted me with male getting um i think the 
Clippers should absolutely win that series, um, and probably will. But because of their defense being so entirely anchored and only existent because of their big man in the middle, and the Grizzlies being so entirely outside-focused, and the Clippers being able to be potentially defended against using zone and things like that because they're so one-dimensional on offense. Um, and then just the cat ball balls factor. And, and cat I, go burr. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's potential there for some spiciness. But And if I was a betting man, I would definitely be betting the Grizzlies solely because of the odds. Um, right. Yeah. Like it's a lose-lose series right, for let's... for Doc, and I hate those because again, he should win. He better win. It's a really bad thing if he doesn't win. But if he does win, whatever he was supposed to. And the fact that you have to go up against right. the greatest of all time is Kitty. Um, I, I, I can understand that Doc's going to be a little paranoid up until 11.30. And if the Grizzlies get one of those first two games in L.A., ooh. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But this pot is going to go to 11.30. Sure. Okay. Much time yep. on each so, two seed. So. We got the Sonics versus the Nuggets. Um, another brotherly battle. Sonic, um, Zach and Evan. Um, I think... Looking quickly, you know, not really knowing much about either team. The Nuggets definitely have the star power. You can make the argument that they have, like, two or three of the top three players in, in this matchup. Hernandez, Conley, and um, Campbell. Um, but, for whatever reason, the team just hasn't been clicking, hasn't been working, and... Zach is a very good game planner, and it's hard to game plan against the team because there's no one to really game plan against. So I, I think this will yeah. be one. I think this will be a series that goes maybe five, but no game is more than like three or four points, something like that. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think. Yeah, I generally agree with what you're saying, but just kind of worded another way. I, I mean, essentially for me, I think that the Nuggets actually match up quite well against the Sonics, um, and in some ways are the better team than the Sonics. But I think you know Zach is has proven himself to be the the far superior GM. Sorry, Evan, um, and I think so. So, like, I think that it's just ultimately going to come down to to that. Like, i just not comfortable picking a lesser GM to pull off an upset against a better GM who's already got the better seeding right. home court advantage okay. and everything else. And so, like, um, yeah, I think – because, I mean, really, like, I, I also think, Zach, trading Nebo for Riley, I think a lot of um, – People saw that and kind of neat, kind of gut reaction, knee-jerk reaction was like, wow, I can't believe 
Zach's already moving on from Nebo. Nebo's going to, like, run away with Rookie of the Year this year and all this kind of stuff. Nebo might never play for minutes think, a game. I think, I think Zach... Yeah, I think it was a good move by both. I don't know. Uh, you might have cut off a little bit. Um, so I'll wait to see if you can come back here. I so think Zach... Enjoys the potting in a car. Yeah, I know. It's so fun. I, I was saying, I think Zach played this whole season perfectly in that he completely maximized Nebo's value um, by featuring him or whatever he did with him all year long. Um and and then sold high on him to get a much better player, in my opinion, Riley Golden. Um, yeah. And because I don't not a top this. five player though. Not a top five player, but Nebo also doesn't sniff top five player. Oh, no, no, so, that was a shot at Brian. No, I understand that, but and I also don't. I'm not ripping on Nebo to tear down. No, it, it was a great trade for both sides, in my opinion. Because Nebo, even with the slight fouling issue, um, we've seen it. He's going to be a tremendous high 20s a game scorer um, on very good efficiency. I think he's probably destined to be a power forward, and you might have to team a little bit around him. But what this league loves and the people this league loves to trade for are rookie deal superstars, and Nebo yep. falls into that category. Yep. Um, but moving on, three Mantis versus six Suns. Um, just a beautiful matchup of the GM. Sexiness, yeah. yeah I mean, the, the sexiness on, might not be able to be contained by FPV3, and we might have to Because it's just... It's true. But in terms of matchup, like, um, Mantis, I mean, yeah, he's got Hammond, he's got Barkley. I think this team was a, a product of spaghetti in terms of why they probably didn't win scores. Um, because we all know that if you try to do anything that's not like 36 and 12 in your depth chart, it's bad now. Um, and so trying to do like a waterfall of, you know, Barcy, Hammond, Basil, I, I think, gave him some Which we said in the preseason pod was the, was the one that happened. Yeah. Um, which would be the downfall. And I think he's starting to get it a little bit in check. And I think come playoff time when you can really game plan for specific teams, it'll be less of an issue. So him getting the three seed is, you know, a, is a really big win for him because he gets support here. And the Suns, I honestly don't know a lot about them. I know that they're a very tall team and a team that is very good at rebounding. And if anything, they have no teams, which is what you need to beat the, the curve. So I think it'll be just a way of little man be able to get a depth charge that works to beat the Suns because I think talent lies it's a no-brainer. Um, but this is definitely like a, a very lovely, spicy 
first round matches because I think these like I think this sauce will just match up really well. I I agree. I don't know if you read my. I did, um, of course, I did because you wrote it. Yeah, well, thank thank you, my love. Um, But I picked the Suns to to win this one Um, because yeah, I think yeah, I do. I think they match up well. I think it proved itself out in the regular season with the Suns. I think they won three out of four or something. I forget what I wrote, but um, yeah, no, I think they're just. It's a matchup problem for the Spurs, and I think this is um, the year where Ed kind of throws off some of the balance and makes it to the second round. I like it. And then finally we have the first time in the playoff Thunder. Um, this is the first time in the playoffs? Ever, yep. First Mother. time ever makes the playoffs. Mother, I'm um, going to lose to a first-timer. Yep. Chasing... You, who's arguably, you know, one of the best GMs in the league, um, you have home court, which you told me yesterday was a massive saving grace for you. Um, and I agree. Also, you know, you you like to lose home games a lot. You know, Knicks, Blazers, you just like to have fun at home. Um, I, I have great talent, great cohesion, but it doesn't matter. No, it's nothing matters for you. No. Um, Spaghetti world. Again, Curtis and Ricky should be able to win really any first-round matchup they, they get into. Um, Shell could try to like shake the whole playoff underwhelming tag against you. And unlike years in the past when you have just absolutely posed him, you don't have Benz and Basil anymore. To uh, beat out low, and we'll see if your slow-footed turnover machines can <laughs> can do anything here. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to come down to whether the Thunder can get help from anyone outside of Gel. You know, mainly like Spencer or the guy and and Curtis do enough on their end. So I think maybe my most underrated key to this series is Rocky Stokes, who I added in from the Pacers. Yes, Rocky and Ricky. I love the combo. But um, I added him in mid-season. So he wasn't there for, I think, at least the first two matchups. But, which, by the way, the Thunder swept me 4-0 this season. So I'm not exactly exuding and just overwhelmed with confidence going into this matchup. Um, exuding. But, Mark that on your bingo cards, team pod listeners. <laughs> um, but I think Rocky is is a big factor in this series because he's one of those guys who is A, tall. He's 6'9". He's B, B plus quickness, I think. He's, he's, so he's quick enough to stay with the gels and the, the Leroy's of the Thunder. And he actually plays post defense, too. Which, you know, so to kind of have that combo is, um, is rare, I feel like. And, um, 
and one of something that you would need in a matchup like this. So I think Rocky could be big for me. Um, but again, ultimately, it's going to, like you said, it's going to Or he too. could be a downfall if, you know, if he does play any small forward minutes and just tries to take every shot against Spencer. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, yeah, it's possible. He has not been a, a usage vacuum by any means. Um, Spencer can change that, though. He, he could. He, he, does yeah. like to, he does like to encourage shots. But, yep, we got to keep moving. Um, yep. We'll head over to the east. Well, first of all, I think you win at seven. I think if I win, it's in seven. I would agree. I'm not convinced I win, though. So, I think – so, you have Clippers, Sonics, Suns, and you. And I have all the home teams. I have the Clippers, Sonics, Spurs, and well, you. Well, no, I picked the Thunder in my article. Oh, yeah, but that's just, you know, because you're trying to reverse jinx them. Well, no, I can't admit to that or else it wouldn't happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think just saying what I did, I mean, I obviously am going chalk, but I would not be surprised if three or more of these series go seven. Right. Agreed. Sorry. Um, and so that's switch over to East, and we have an actual really spicy 1-8 matchup of the Pacers-Pistons. Um, Pistons were an amazing team this year. They have, um, I think, they have five blue-blue guys. I don't think Rob John starts for them anymore, or he has in the past couple shifts. He's been coming off the bench, and I think it's been treating him nice. But every guy is playing really good. It's hard to really game plan against this team because James Bryant could go off. Chuck Aaron could go off. Geller could go off. Adding Vinko was an incredible move by Janice, by Giannis in the, in the um, offseason. So, yeah, he just built a great team that's finally all come together. But there, there's just something about that team that you don't, like, Zach said it in his Zachatology um, podcast YouTube yesterday. There's just something about the team that's, like, doesn't really terrify you. Now, they terrify me, obviously. I went 0-4 against them. But, like, you know, when you look at a, a Brian's team, you get scared. When you look at my team, it's like, oh, God, Fred and, and Obi and Brody and Rojo and stuff like that. But, like, you don't get that vibe from the Pistons, but maybe you should. Yeah, I'm wondering if we don't get that vibe because it's because we're like tainted by the last however many years of the Pistons. Right, how long it took to get to this point. Right. But maybe by two years from now, we will have that same awe of them. (laughs) But in the regular season, the Pacers were one and three against them. Two of those losses, however, were, were without Chuck Dean. Dean didn't play, and I think those losses were a one-point loss and a six-point loss or something like that. Now, in the final sim of the season, the, the Pacers got rocked by the Pistons. I think it was like a 30-point loss with Chuck Dean. Yeah. Um, but, again, like the Pacers are way – 
is. And I think that's kind of like, you know, me last year as a seven. Like, we can talk all we want about the eight-seeded Pacers, but they're not an eight-seeded team. You know, let me – I'm trying to find their margin. Their differential is 6.4, which is, you know, fifth best in the the East. Yeah. It's not an elite – you know, margin by any means. But again, this is a team that was without Chuck for over 25 games or whatever it was. Right. When he literally, like, the whole team. Well, I shouldn't say that, but, like, come on. When Chuck no, came he's, out, he's, that's going to be um, But I think, I think there are some things that Shane can do to make this, like, a really interesting series. Obviously, you know, Chuck's going to win one, if not two, games by himself. He just does that. Unless he faces Rojo, um, his arch nemesis. And it will just be interesting to see because if there's one spot where Shane definitely is lacking a bit, it's with post defense. I wonder if Geller will be able to, you know, find his way. But if Chuck needs to get 40 and if Shane can get 20 from that, this could be a very interesting series. And I will say the Pistons are going to win. But I'm going to say it's going to take seven games. Yep, I agree. That's what I said in my article, and I'm, I completely agree with you. Moving to the 2-7, it's, you know, Jesse's in the 2-7 game for the third year in a row, but this year he's the 7 instead of the 2. Um, and I'm going to look to fuck the, the trend of the 2 seed losing in the first round of the past. Um, but yeah, I'm a lot more nervous about the the Cavs this year than I probably should be. Um, but Vato scares me. Um, yeah. So I think like what's interesting yeah. is. Um, is like the reverse roles, right? Then you already said it kind of about the clip, the Clippers, and um, the the nothing to nothing to lose yep. versus nothing to gain kind of mentality. You have absolutely yeah. nothing to gain in this series. Like I did like, last I mean, year. You should sweep them. Like you should absolutely run away with this series. Um, and right, right. Um, but last year you had nothing to, to lose trust mentality. whatever so your you gut is saying rather than falling victim like to the to I'm the better like, okay, team, I'm not going to take anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I had so I much fun anything. the last right, two exactly. playoffs game planning so, as, like, an yeah. underdog. I just couldn't get over the hump. And now, you know, number one offense and defensive efficiency in the league, yet I don't even win my own division. Um... I, I can bet that probably is never happened. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There's no reason this series should even be close, especially because, you know, I matched up. Hell, you know, as we saw last year, like, it wasn't even really close. My team is arguably probably better at this season But I'm always going to be the first. Unless I play for And then I just have to I'll say five. <laughs> You're I gonna always lose the game. I'm not worried about it. Um, 
Brian versus the Magic. I feel like this has replaced Brian versus Hawk. Brian always seems to face a, a divisional opponent in the first round. Um, Magic, one of the bigger surprises this season. Brian's team definitely took like a slight step back. Like last year, his offense was just like otherworldly. And for whatever reason, they weren't as much this year, um, which is probably why Brian saw the writing on the wall and, you know, to, to get out and trade these these guys when they still have them. I just don't see this being a series. I don't think there's enough iron power on that magic team to to go up against a team like the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, I think the the only shot, and I think I mentioned it in the article, is that like. He's got, like, maybe the best nope, that's player Joey in the Boy, league to and it's try solely and because of, Riley you know, mental and, stuff. And his other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. But based purely oh, yeah, sure. on attributes, the A plus, A plus, Nichols, the third, um, is. He's probably is going to. Super I mean, sub Riley. Maybe... He did it last year in the playoffs. Of, Riley of... won the finals MVP coming off the bench. Um, I think he super subs Riley. He probably right. does, um, but he still that still means he's going to get a fair amount of minutes against Nichols. And um, yeah, he for whatever and, reason like, he we just know Lubo does not shrink enjoy scoring shrink. come playoff time. Um, yeah. Shrinkage. Um, Juice has taken a legitimate step back. Um, yeah, so there's just, I mean, I think there's there's a way for the I Magic could see this being games. one of those series that goes like series, five but, or maybe um, even yeah. six. But like the game, the Magic winner by like one or two, and Brian wins by like 30. Um, something like that. And then the final series, you got the right. four seed Nets exactly. versus the five seed Hornets. And like we talked about a little earlier, like yeah. this isn't your typical four seed non Celtics Atlantic Division winner um, pushover easy matchup type of thing. This is a legit sixty win, you know, Nets team who was on fire. And we'll see if the Hornets have enough juice in them with their very young nice core, or if Rick's going to, you know, make it into the, the second round. Do you agree with me that uh, what's Gale, Gale should Gale's move power forward for the series? And yes, he should be on. Well, Very it's good. interesting, because like, well, in defend. the past it was, no, put a bad defender on Quirk and let him take every single shot. That's no longer... If you quirk this year actually had the highest PER in the league. Yeah. Um, He's really good. And Uh, I love it. And Juano, Iguana, whatever you want to call him. He's awesome. He just doesn't like to shoot because quirk. And when quirk was gone, it was like the Campbell effect. And and Juano just started going ham. 
Um, but yeah, I think this is a really good Nets team, and I think the Hornets team has obviously Hyman is incredible. Um, who else? Oh, Patrick Williams is a great defender, and he could really make. You know, Kevin's non-existent, but at the same time, it'll force P. Will to probably shoot more. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to Quirk. No, Iguana's a B post defender, Iguana not a great perimeter defense, defender. I think C plus maybe. Um, not awful, just not great. Oh, um, I think for both teams, the key to this series is Quirk. For the yeah. Nets, they need Quirk to be you know, an efficient volume scorer who's going for 30 to 40 a game and not taking 40 to 50 shots to do it um, and getting help maybe from one or two guys a game. And then for the Hornets, it's, let's make him back to like two, three seasons ago work and get him to be inefficient chucking the ball and we play efficient enough offense to make up for it. I think I, I said it in my article, and I think it's the case. I think if Gale moves power forward, the Hornets could be a matchup nightmare for the Nets. And, and I agree. I think the Nets are clearly the better team. Like the more experienced team, the um, the older team, but not like too old, and like you know, a bunch of players right in their prime who are very good. And so I think the Nets are clearly the better team, but I think the Hornets could be just a matchup nightmare for them in the sense that, like, I think Gale can make, can be a problem for Cork. P-Will can yep. be a problem for Iguana, and no one can be a problem. So for I'm going to say Nets in seven. I think so, you're going Hornets in, like, six or seven. And then just Rapid fire, kind of the end. Who do you see as the conference finalists in both in both divisions? The conferences. Sorry. Um. I. I mean, it's hard to not. I hate going chalk like one two one two, but I think. I think, um, yeah, I think I have to. I think it's probably Clippers, Sonics. So you're you're in the whole. Pistons, you're filling out your March Madness bowls. bracket. You're doing it the first um, time the brackets are released. You go through it. You end up with four one seeds, and you hate yourself for it. Yep. Correct. Now, and and so I'd go back and change it at that point because there's no like you don't. That's not how you win March Madness. You gotta like. <laughs> You got to get lucky in the first, you know, few rounds or whatever, or pick, like, um, you know, a surprise team. So, like, nice. if I do that, honestly, I'd probably go Sonics Rockets in the in, in the Western Conference Finals. And, um, but then I just, I just don't know how it's not Pistons, Bulls. Or, I mean, I um, think... Uh, well, Unless actually, the Pistons and the Nets, that's a really bad matchup for the Nets. I think Geller and, um, I, yeah, I, I think the yeah. Nets, the Pistons have a harder road, yeah, I, road than I think I originally thought, possibly, just because, like, you know, the Nets came on fire and the Pistons, or the Pacers have need. 
but I agree. I, I obviously have to say myself. I think you would have to say Pistons, but I would be shocked if it's, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if it's not them somehow. And then in the West, the West is so tricky. Um, because I'm love, I'm going to say the West is going to be Mantis versus you. Can you do me a favor and change yours to pick Ryan, questions. by the way? Um, oh, yeah, sure. Um, but I, so the reason I chose me real quick, I think, like, the only reason I think I would have a shot at the Western Conference Finals is because I, I'm going to basically just be sitting back in a zone for each of the first two rounds, like, and just hope that these one-dimensional crash through rim teams of Joe and Leroy and then the Clippers um, just just can't shoot me out of it, and I, you know, and then my shooters on the outside overcome them. So, like, I think, like, in that sense, I can. I can kind of game plan against them in a winnable way. Um, even because though you don't have probably, a good you know, center. My team or I shouldn't say that. Your centers those, have but... the attributes you want except for their athleticism. Yeah. And I think what we've seen, and this will be my parting gift, you need yeah. a center with at least like C-minus quickness with good defense. Because you've seen a lot of these S quickness centers who have what you want, a post defense, a blocking, a's in rebounds, stuff like that. But that quickness as a big man is like a death sentence. If they're they're slow for whatever reason, you know, their A's turn to B's, basically. So find yourself those um, those nice quickness centers, and I think that changes a lot. Good luck to the this has been round two one guys five. today. And may Playoff your edition. 420 be filled with lots of peace.